Welcome to Harrison Church. We have officially launched our new communication tool, Realm. If you haven't registered yet, visit onrealm.org to sign up. Or check your email for the registration information from Harrison Church. But you know, I just want to touch on this again. Uh, Over 300 people are now on the Realm. That means a lot of you here, and it's really been great, uh, the conversations that have been going. There are days where I'm glad you can control the notifications. It can kind of blow up a little bit. But it is, it's just been a fantastic tool, and I do want to encourage you, if you have yet to opt in to our Realm Communications platform, or if you never got an invitation, there will be people at the end of the service at a table who will get you connected, because this is kind of where we're transitioning, and we want to make sure that you stay in the loop. But it's great to see all the conversations that are happening. I think it'll be a great thing for our church. If you are uh, visiting with us today, my name is Shane, and uh, you are in part three of a series that I've been doing uh, during this season of Lent. Lent is the season of the year right before Easter where we're kind of called by the church to kind of self-reflect and acknowledge the sins in ourselves. And what I thought we would do a few weeks ago during Lent is that we would talk about what our Christian tradition refers to as the deadly sins or the mortal sins, or the capital vices. There are seven of them, uh, but we're only going to have uh, five weeks to really do this before Easter. And uh, the last couple of weeks, we've, well, we've talked about two so far. We've talked about gluttony. That was fun. Last week, we talked about anger. Uh, I've gotten some emails from some of you that saying, you know, I never in, before have I left church thinking, well, I'm actually an angry glutton. This is great. <laughs> this, this is not my purpose. It's not to berate you. But see, all of us suffer from these things. It's in all of us, all of these vices. Some of us are more predisposed to them than others. Does that make sense? They're all in us. So we're just really peering into the depths of our own souls. But there may be one that we're going to talk about that you know, wow, that's that's got me more than maybe some others. So today we're going to spend a few minutes talking about another vice. And this vice is as misunderstood as gluttony. You know, we always think gluttony is just about food. And no, 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 no. Gluttony is about just consumption itself. So yeah, shopping could be a part of gluttony and the pleasures you derive from that. But today's sin we're going to talk about is the vice of sloth. Sloth. Too bad we didn't have like a picture of a sloth somewhere up here. That we could do. So I'm going to be reading a, a portion of Paul's letter to the Romans in the 12th chapter, and I'm going to encourage you to stand as you are able for the reading of God's word. And so this will be my foundational text for today's discussion on sloth. So Paul says this to the to the Romans. He says, "Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection." I love this word here. Outdo one another. See, that's the kind of the opposite of slothfulness. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag. You don't get sleepy in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Now, who does that sound like? This is Paul, but who does that sound like? It sounds like Jesus. So even Paul really was very familiar with the preaching of Jesus. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty or prideful, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble 
and the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I love that. So far as you can do this, live peaceably with all. It's hard. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written from the Old Testament, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Sloth. So if you have a hard time staying awake in church, this sermon is for you. You know, I'll tell you, though, most of us, when we think about sloth, you might, you know, come in to church thinking, well, you know, I don't really struggle with sloth. That's not really one of my, uh, one of my vices that's really got a control of me more than some of the others. And uh, one of the reasons for this is that we kind of misinterpret sloth. We, we are a people who have learned to take good pride in our busyness. Right? We are a hard-working people. We like to be busy. Busy is a badge, of, a badge of honor for us. It's kind of uh, written into the American way of life, isn't it? This is you know, the virtue of work, the virtue of hard work, and you know, that's a good thing to have. I can remember growing up, um, I was never, and it drove me crazy, never given an allowance. Unlike the rest of my friends, I was put on a commission. For every dollar I got in this hand, my grandfather would give me a rake or a shovel or a leaf blower in this hand. And I couldn't stand this. And he would say to me, he said, you know, when you become an adult, young man, people aren't going to give you money because you have a pulse. Just because you are breathing. You are only going to get money if you work for it. Now that I'm uh, an adult, um, you know, I, I torment my kids with the same thing. But I'm glad he did that because, you know, it's true. And I, I've realized that as a parent, so much of what we do as young parents especially is that we have to invest in what our children will say about us in 20 years, not today. Uh, but we, 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 we work. It's a part of this. So, so how many of us have ever opened our calendars? You know, we see all the appointments and the conferences and the staff obligations and this and that. And we think to ourselves, yes, I am busy, therefore I am. We love to be busy. We are a busy people. It, it has become kind of a badge of honor for each of us. And uh, so when we think about sloth, what we think a sloth refers to is, uh, well, your, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, you know, the lazy teenager who sleeps past one o'clock every day and never gets out of bed and just plays video games. Or we think sloth refers to the couch potatoes of the world who are surrounded in candy bar wrappers. And just watch sports all day long. Or maybe a sloth is the lazy employee you've worked with in the past that never gets the job done. And so we think, no, that's that's not who I am. I'm a hard worker. And uh, the thing is, is that as counterintuitive as this is going to sound today, when it comes to sloth, did you know that one of the big bad symptoms that you might have sloth is chronic busyness? It is workaholism. Now, hear me. I'm not saying that if you are chronically busy, you are slothful. All I'm saying is that that is one of the symptoms, is chronic busyness. And we never think of it in those terms at all. 
So, so sloth in the sense that I want us to reflect on together today. Here, here is the definition of sloth. I, I, and I wrote this down. Okay, Sloth is the habit. Habit's important. Say habit with me. Habit. Okay, so sloth is the habit of avoiding the work that God requires of us. Sloth is avoiding the work, not, your, not just your, not your job. It is avoiding the work, not just that your boss requires of you, but that the Lord requires of you. So, so slothfulness, it is laziness, but it is lazy in the spiritual sense. It is being lazy concerning your relationship with God. You're lazy there. You're lazy in the love of God. That, that's where you are lazy. So slothfulness is when, uh, you know, you think about the simple works that God requires of us. And can we do, this is like children's sermon kind of material. What are some of the simple works that the Lord wants us to do? Just shout it out. Prayer. I heard prayer. What, what's another one? What's that? Being kind. Okay, so prayer, being kind. I think somebody said service. So slothfulness is looking at the, the simple works that the Lord requires of us and saying, eh, I don't want to. Or finding something else that you think is more interesting to do. So it, it is a, a sloth is lazy in the love of God. So, so slothfulness is someone who never has time for prayer, never has time for study, Never has time for service because they're too busy or else they have the time for these things and just don't make the time because they don't want to do them. So that's what slothfulness is. So slothfulness is either being too busy for God, too busy, too busy, too busy, too busy, got a lot to do, got a lot to do. Too busy for God, or it means being too indifferent about God. Now, we're going to talk about both of those forms, but it's really about being too busy for God. That can be slothful. And being too indifferent about the things uh, of God. Now, we've already just touched on the first kind of sloth, one of the first forms of sloth. It is when you are too distracted, you are too preoccupied, you are too busy to do the simple works that the Lord requires of you. Now, this is a habit. I'm not talking about those of you who have felt that way from time to time. I'm talking about those of us that this is, this is a habit. This, this is a pattern. So here's what sloth can look like. You wake up in the morning, and you know that the Lord wants you to pray. You know that that's your responsibility. This is what the Scriptures ask of us. This is what the people of God do. So you, you, come, you come to the place, you sit down to pray, but then all of a sudden you think of something. I need to check my email. And so you rush, find your phone, and you pick up your phone, you look at Realm, and then... And <laughs> that's pretty good. I, I just I shoehorned that in there. And you look at the email, and then you see all of these responses, and then you think, well, i got to reply to all this. And then you start to reply to all of these messages, and then what happens? What happens? You end up doing your work, and you ignore the prayer. And you do this every day. Over and over and over again. All of us do it from time to time, but the slothfulness is, is just all the time. Or here's another example. You know that you've got a book. You got a, you're part of a small group. You've got to read this book. Um, you know it is going to be good and edifying for your soul. But you sit down to read the book, and all of a sudden, a, a device of yours or a TV, you hear ping, ping. 
And of course, we know that's the call to our kind of prayer, right? We rush to the phone again. Oh, and then we look, and then we begin to reply, and we get into a conversation, and guess what we ignore or avoid? The study part, because we're too distracted. So this kind of sloth is like ADD of the, of the, of the soul. You're so easily distracted by these things. And here's another example. I don't want to belabor the point. You're someone who has known for a long time, one of these days, I'm going to go on that mission trip. I'm going to go. I think God's calling me to that. And I'm going to sign up for that small group one day too. But it never happens. Why? Because every year, time after time after time, you say, I am just too, what? Busy. And it never happens. You see, that's what sloth will do to you. Sloth is avoiding the work that the Lord requires of you because you are so distracted by the other things, you never get to it. Now, let me be very clear to you that there are, from time to time, legitimate reasons why we can't do the work that God asks of us, the simple work. I'm not saying that you, know, you people need to go to every Bible study and you need to attend every mission trip. I'm not saying that at all. So, as a matter of fact... Some people can get so involved, they need to rest from that. So I'm not just saying that. I mean, there have been moments when I have, uh, I've had my day planned, and, and I thought this is what I was going to do. This is what God wants me to do. But then I get an emergency pastoral call. i got to stop that so I can address this. Or there are days when I have to be on a business trip, you know, with, my, with a church, with a conference. i got to go on that, right? So some things have to go behind. I'm talking about the habitual avoidance, okay? It is the habitual constant avoidance of doing the work that God requires of us. That's what I'm talking about. And that is what sloth can often look like. Sloth means having every intention. Our intentions can be so good. I have every intention of doing this, but I never get around to do it because I'm too busy or distracted. So that's the first form of sloth, okay? The second form of sloth, how it can emerge, this one's not being too busy. This is the, actually the toughest one. It's the gravest one. This is the kind of sloth where over a period of time you become indifferent, or a better word is apathetic. Apathetic about God. You're apathetic about the things of God. So this kind of sloth is a tricky one. Because this is the spiritual condition according to which, over a period of time, you no longer care. Sloth is a spirit of, I don't care. I really don't care. Maybe there was a time in your life when you were so enthusiastic about church. You were enthusiastic about worship. You were enthusiastic about God's word. You loved it. You loved it. And then, oh, you, you, you get this spirit inside of yourself where all of a sudden you kind of think, I don't, I don't really care anymore sloth maybe someone who used to get so angry the right kind of anger we talked about last week when injustice happens you know we are to rightly respond in anger but we don't want to hurt anybody but it used to you used to get fired up about some kind of injustice or some unfairness but now you know what your response is is that terrible word whatever my kids are starting to use this word this is not good whatever whatever you, you just don't care you no longer care about worship you no longer care about study. You no longer care about growing in faith anymore. You, you just, you, you don't care about your discipleship. 
You don't care so much about your relationship with God. You've just become extremely indifferent about all of these things. And it's not as if you stop believing in God. It's not as if you don't believe that prayer can be effective or you don't believe that studying the scriptures is, is the right thing to do. You just don't care. Right? It, this just kind of overtakes your soul. And this will become habitual when you are, we are, you are indifferent. I mean, it was Martin Luther King Jr. who once said this. He says, we begin to die. The moment we become silent about the things that matter, that is sloth. When you become silent, you are not moved anymore by the things that matter. Okay, that's the second form. You just kind of, oh, I don't care. I don't care. Some of us, many of us, we struggle with this. We know what that's like. Now, what sloth ultimately leads to, and this is really the sin of it, Sloth ultimately leads us, you can put two and two together here, it leads us to inaction. What I mean by that is that you don't do anything. If you're avoiding God's work, you're not doing it. It will lead you to commit, here's this phrase again, it will lead you to commit not sins of commission, but sins of what? Omission. It's not that it will lead you to do bad things, it will lead you to do nothing. I don't understand why this keeps coming up. This is about the third time in five months that I've mentioned this, but here it is again. You know, the, this is true. The scriptures, scriptures actually teach us that some of the worst sins we will ever commit in our lives are not the wrong things we've done. Some of the worst sins we'll ever commit are the good things we should have done, but we didn't do because we're too busy or because we just don't care. The inaction. You know, uh, the letter of James somewhere says that anyone who knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, to them it is a sin. I was thinking this week about some of the parables of Jesus. I've never thought about this before. Maybe you have. I was thinking about a uh, few of the parables of Jesus that the, the sin that lies at the heart of his lessons really concerns sins of omission. For instance, uh, you think about the parable of the Good Samaritan you got this man who's lying half dead on the side of the road. And then there are two people, two priests, who walk by this man. And what do the two priests do? Do you remember? Nothing. What do they, what do, they do? They keep going. Now, what's interesting is that why did they not stop? They could have had appointments to keep. There may have been a business meeting they had to attend. Or maybe they just didn't care. But then there was the Samaritan ooh, who did stop and who acted. It was sloth. Sloth got the two priests to not act. Or you think about Matthew 25. Jesus tells another parable. He says he will come at the end of days, and, and on the last day he will separate the nations the way a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. And to the goats on his left hand, he will say to the goats, I was hungry and you did not feed. I was Naked and you did not clothe me. I was sick and you did not visit me. Whatever you did not do to the least of these, you did not do to me. It's sloth. I've never thought about that. He didn't condemn them because of what they did. He condemned them because they didn't do anything at all. They did not act. See, that's what sloth can look like. And the thing about sloth is that it will make us extraordinarily lazy. When it comes to our relationship with God, it will make you lazy in holiness. 
You ever thought about this? Have you ever really thought about why you have been baptized the way we baptized Chloe? Have you ever really thought about why Jesus called you? Like, you, I want you to follow me. You ever thought about why you even have a relationship with Jesus? God did not save you or me so we could kind of lounge around and wait for heaven when we die. That is heresy. Don't believe anybody who says that's what salvation really means. It's just waiting for heaven when we die. No, the New Testament is so clear that, that Jesus commissioned you. He conscripted you. He recruited you so that you would be God's ambassador in this world. So that you would be Christ's representative in this world. So that you will show people in your life what the love of God looks like. That you would be, this is Paul's language, an imitator of Christ. Think about that. You are actually called to imitate Jesus. To act like Jesus in the world. To work for the establishment of God's kingdom in the world. And this does not happen without some effort. You're not going to wake up one day and have pixie dust sprinkled over you and say, well, I'm an imitator of Christ. You've got to do the work. It takes some effort to do this. It's almost like you sports fans. Maybe you've got uh, kids in sports, or maybe you were a good athlete. You know, if you're going to become excellent at a sport, what do you have to do? This isn't rocket science. You've got to practice the daily stuff over and over and over again until you can't take it anymore. You know, if you're in a baseball, you've got to go to the cage, right? Over and over again. Or, or Michael Jordan credits, how did he become so good at basketball? I shot free throws every day. Shooting free throws over and over and over. Or the golf swing. I've never swung a golf club in my life. I never have. But you've got to practice this over and over again. The same way. I mean, if you want to be excellent in Christ, like if you want to be holy, man, this, this takes some effort. It, and, and, and it can be tedious. It can be boring. But you've got to do it. Regardless of how you feel, I was thinking about Billy Graham. Um, you know, many of you know this that uh, you know he died, and, and I came to faith. I, I recommitted my life at a Billy Graham crusade back in 1996. And gosh, just think about what my life would look like if I had not gone. And and I remember for the first three to four years after I left uh, that stadium here in Charlotte, I was just on fire. You know, I I just on fire about worship. I was on fire about God's Word every single day. I would just, I would open my Bible every day, and I would just pour over the passages of Scripture, and I was so thankful for the time that God gave me in those moments. But I will tell you, after about five years, all of a sudden, those feelings, that excitement began to kind of fade. You know what I'm talking about? And, And then there was some time in my life when I was like, well, I guess I'll read Philippians again. (laughs) It's the same Philippians it was last week, but I'll do it again. And, And I wanted to kind of recapture this excitement, but that's not what life with God looks like all the time. You know what? Another symptom that sloth might be a problem for you is that it makes you a thrill seeker in the things of God. You're constantly looking for excitement. Slothful person can be someone who goes from like a little bee on flowers, like flits from one church to the next. 
and only stays at that church so long as the music jazzes them up or the preaching jazzes them up. Everything's jazzed up. But if those feelings go away, they will go looking for another church. But see, with sloth, you've got to commit to it. And ultimately, following Jesus is not all that exciting all the time. He says, take up your cross daily. That's not exciting. But that's what life with God looks like. It can be tedious. It can be kind of unexciting, but we're called to do this ordinary, the ordinary stuff of prayer over and over and over again. I was thinking this week, I'm almost done. I was thinking this week about um, uh, this old commercial. Now, I'm going to date some of you, and I'm, I'm dated, uh, dating myself too. So if you're under 40, you may not remember this, but you guys remember, I think that it's commercial ready. Let's just see, tell me if you guys remember this commercial. Let's, and the sound's not going to be great because it's so old. Time to make the donut. The donut. It isn't easy owning a Dunkin' Donuts. Because unlike most supermarkets, we make our donuts fresh day and night. But the guys who make supermarket donuts are still in bed. Plain donuts aren't enough. Five kinds. Of course, when you make donuts this good, there is one reward. They taste so great. Good morning, folks. People buy an awful lot of them. Yeah. You remember that commercial? So much of the Christian life is like that. You wake up and you'll say to yourself, maybe some of you said this this morning, time to go to church. Time to go to the mission trip. Time for the small group. You know, and, and it can seem so tedious. But you know what Fred, Fred the Baker is his name, Fred the Baker. But you know what Fred the Baker did? He may have gotten up like this, huh? but at least he did the work. He made the donuts. We have got to make the donuts sometimes. And you will notice that when he finally did the work, he was smiling. He was glad he did the work. It was hard for him to get out of that bed and make the donuts. Sometimes it's hard for us to make the donuts. That's why the opposing virtue, we've talked about this, for every vice there's a virtue. The opposing virtue to sloth is diligence. And it doesn't mean diligence at your job, it means working. Doing the stuff day after day after day that the Lord requires of us. And I will tell you that the great saints of our tradition say that sloth, if you've got it, it's the hardest to overcome. Why? Because the only way to overcome it is that you've got to do what you really don't want to do. You don't want to do it. There's no magic pill. But you've got to work it. Any meaningful relationship in your life, you know it takes effort to keep it alive, doesn't it? If you're married, you've got a great friend of yours, you've got to take time for each other. You've got to do the small things. It's the same way with a relationship with God. Sloth It's the excuse-making vice. There's always a reason not to do it, either because you're too busy or you don't feel like it, which means some of you saw this already. You know what sloth will eventually turn you into if it becomes a habit? It will turn you into, this is a really sophisticated phrase, it will turn you into a pew potato. (laughs) Not a couch potato, a pew potato. I don't know what we call it in here, you know, a row potato. I don't know. You never get involved. You never, you never get involved in the church. You never get involved in the mission trip. You never, get, you never do any of these things. And that's what sloth looks like. And, you know, and, and the only way, you, got, you just got to fight through it. It's hard. You don't want to do this stuff. It doesn't seem exciting, but you got to do it. 
You know, in a couple of weeks here uh, on March 17th, which is a Saturday, we're going to have a, another bail building event on campus. Some of you come to this every year. I'm not really talking to you. Some of you sign up for everything. I'm not really talking to you. What I am saying, though, is that maybe there's some people here who have always said, you know, I've, I've had every intention of going, but something's always come up. Something's always come up. There's always a reason not to do it. And I will say to you, fight through that. And I'm really encouraging you, if you've never been a part of this, sign up and do it. You might wake up like Fred the Baker. Time to make the beds. But I'm telling you, if you do it, you'll be glad you did. In a couple of, uh, well, the last couple of weeks, and I'll be done, um, Loaves and Fishes, our our food pantry. Um, For the first time ever, we are going to begin opening our Loaves and Fishes food pantry, which feeds the hungry in this community on weekends. Not every weekend, but on weekends. And we're the only Loaves and Fishes where that will be the case. Now, they don't need the people yet, but they're going to need people. And if you have never gotten involved in the life of the church, fight through it. And I really encourage you to take a couple of hours on a Saturday from time to time and help feed the hungry. You may feel like Fred the Baker, but you'll be glad that you did. You've got to fight through it. That's all it is. Well, it's time for us to, to come to this uh, table. Oh, I, we're really past time. Sorry, everybody. But we, we do this sacrament every week, or every month, and it's the same thing over and over again. Same, 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 same. We don't put sparklers in the bread. That would be so exciting. <laughs> but it's the same thing. But we do believe by doing this over and over again, this is the work that God requires of us, we will become faithful people. So Holy Spirit, descend upon these elements and make them become for us the body of Christ that we might be for the world, the body of Christ, the people who get to work, even though it's hard. We know that you have called us by your Spirit to get involved. And I pray that you will help us fight the demon of sloth, that we will not become sleepy disciples, but that we'll, we will be awake. Amen. The bread that we break, it is a sharing in the love of God and in the work of God. Just a moment, we're going to uh, serve the service here, and then there will be four stations before you, and you will come to the station closest to you after you've received your elements. Uh, we will be concluding the service. We ask you to just go right back to your, your place, and then I will bless us out. But the table is ready. God's work is done. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We hope that you enjoyed it. For more information regarding what's going on at Harrison Church, how you can get involved, or upcoming events, you can visit us online at harrisonchurch.org.